0: This is the Busted Open Podcast.
2: You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Hey, what's going on, everybody? And welcome once again to the Busted Open Podcast. The Fat and the Furious Returns with myself, Bully Ray, and Tommy Dreamer. Great podcast for you today. We break down NXT which was another awesome show, in my opinion. The women tore it down, and Bronson Reed and Swerve Scott ended the show with one hell of a main event. Me and Tommy talk about it and everything in between. Turn it up right here on the Busted Open Podcast. I have been very high on Zoe Stark from the first day I saw her. Zoe Stark has something. She... All she needs is time, I think she needs to control her fastball just a little bit more, meaning command of her own athletic ability. I see her kick it into high gear at times, and that's when she gets – just a tiny bit sloppy but for the most part here is a young wrestler who has really caught my eye I think she has that it factor she has a unique look and in that ring she is one hell of an athlete putting on some really solid wrestling matches every time she's out there last night she's out there with five other women I love the way they kicked off the show last night great opening uh three-way from the women what was your take
3: uh, I agree 1,000% with your assessment. I was a big fat fan brain, of Fat brain,
2: fat brain, fat brain, fat brain alert. We agree.
3: Big fan of hers. She had actually had a few matches in Impact, and I was just like, this is somebody we should invest in. This is somebody we should invest in. And then when it was time where they were like, yeah, maybe we should sign her, and then she was already gone going to NXT. So a uh, big fan of her work. The moment she debuted, I knew she would excel just because I saw her athletic ability firsthand, and yeah, she's going to be a star. And like you said, all those women, they busted their asses, and that match was great. Even with Zoe Stark, her selling when she took uh, the uh, Ember Moons, oh my god, finish off the top, and wow, again, kudos to the camera work because that cameraman was posted on the actual. Opposite side of The turnbuckle when she hit it From the cell that's something That would be in your highlight reel Forever if you're Ember Moon But she took that one of the greatest Because of where it was In the in the show uh, With everybody hitting their stuff It's more I guess a throwaway But that could have been the finish Instantly because of how great she took it
2: Ember Moon's Eclipse Um do you look at it as one of the best finishes out there in wrestling today? And do you look at it as one of those finishes that might might start being stolen by other performers?
3: Oh, it's fascinating. It's hard. There's a lot. The big move now, like from the indies or what I see a lot is that rolling snap German, which now mm-hmm. may, means nothing. Yep. Um, I have seen several people hit that move when you do indie shows because it's cool, but they're not doing it as a finish. And I've also seen people literally hit that move and then the person stands up and then that other person goes just to deliver another move. It's pretty, it's an amazing finish. It's, I have no clue how she hits it because it looks like either her, sometimes her hips or her lower back, but it's impressive, man. And it's pinpoint accuracy every time she hits it.
2: One of the things that I was impressed with last night watching these six women go at it was their timing. And as you know, timing takes years to develop in a wrestling business. Uh, Two people having timing, four people having timing, six people having timing. Uh, When they got into the finish, the way they stacked and layered the finish, like that bang, bang finish, you hit something, then I hit something, then you hit something. The most important part of laying out a match like that is that one Mississippi pause right in between the moves where the crowd can, you know, fully take in the move, digest the move, react to the move, and bang, there's the next move right after that. They stacked and layered that finish really, really well. Timing like that, you know, as you know, Tommy, it doesn't just happen overnight. What does that say about NXT's women's division and how far they came and how they're, they're most likely, as a division, the best women's division on the planet?
3: Uh, absolutely. It says, it speaks volumes. Uh, here's a, the simplest little thing, where the women were fighting on the floor and they were actually fighting until the one woman went and hit her uh, springboard moonsault. They weren't just standing there watching this person to dive on them. And it looked like she took everybody out, which is what it's supposed to, the move is supposed to be. Two people are fighting. I'm going to take advantage and knock both those people out. That's what it's supposed to be. Um, Very, very good. Uh, Nothing, no holes in anyone's game. And an action, action, action pack match, which I know how you usually like to start a show. And... I feel it was so much action. Maybe that's why I was a little—I don't want to say down on it because I wasn't down on the show. But it—it's you have a different philosophy. How for I have a different philosophy. But that match was good enough to be the main event.
2: There was, I, yes, I agree with that, and that's a huge compliment because Bronson Reed and Swerve Scott had a great main event. But yeah, those were those women were Detroit Rock City last night, and Bronson Reed and Swerve Scott. Were uh, rock and roll all night. Tiny little thing happened in the middle of the match, and I popped huge. Ember Moon hit like a spinning discus forearm to Dakota Kai's chest. It was absolutely perfect. The movement was perfect. The The placement of the forearm was perfect. It was snug and not stiff. And I was sitting there, and I'm just like, man, did that look good. All physicality should look as great as that. Um, uh, Zoe Stark and Io Shirai, they get the victory. They move on to face uh, um, Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell at the Great American Bash. Are Shirai and Stark the right women at this time to take the championships off of LeRae and Indy Hartwell?
3: It's going to be a great match. I also, to answer your question... Are they a great match? Absolutely. Because like you said, you see something in Zoe Stark. Zoe Stark came in nice and she's someone who could use that title to elevate her career. And I think it's one of those where, well, we have something in her. If you put her in the tag team division, she's also there with an established star in NXT and they're going to do great together. And then you could keep on telling that story because then you, I mean, the sky's the limit with so many of those women. It's interchangeable. I don't know if I would give a direct finish. Maybe I would cheat to win, but the great American bash is going to be a big show for NXT. So if you're going to have to, you know, pull the plug, you pull the plug. And Candice and Indy don't need titles. It works for them without titles because they're that over.
2: Why do you think that the NXT women's division is, in my opinion, superior to other women's divisions? Like, what goes on down there at NXT? Is there, is there more training? Is there more uh, one-on-one psychology lessons? Like, first of all, do you think NXT has the best women's division in pro wrestling?
3: Um. Yeah, I guess so. It's a hard okay, question. But- It's a hard question, because then i got to really start thinking. I think it has the most depth. Okay. As opposed to, but here, as opposed to Raw, which has the least depth.
2: Right. I I don't think the Raw women's... I mean, yes, you do have Charlotte there. Yes, you do have Asuka there. But but is Charlotte and Asuka enough to carry an entire division to say that they're better than NXT?
3: No, but I'm talking depth. And when you're talking depth, it's... Look at all these women that we have, or look at this roster. I say it, you know, to Tony all the time when he was uh, coming on Wednesdays. He Tony has time. such depth in his company where so many different things could be main events because he has so much talent. Same with the women's division. I mean, think about we didn't see Frankie Monet uh, in a match, we didn't see a lot of people there. They have a very, very big women's roster as well as there's a lot of people who are still not on television or haven't made it to uh, the main roster that maybe I'm saying the main roster of NXT maybe would be bigger stars if they were somewhere else but as of now they're still in that system I think you know when I Bob I said it to no way Jose uh, and I talked about this with you you're getting paid to train you're being on television no matter what you think of WWE or that system, especially coming through that NXT, you're becoming a great wrestler. Like if you can't learn there, you're not going to learn this business. It's, it's so much different because, you know, normally you pay, you pay to train and then you go out on crappy indies to try to get this experience. But then you're also working with crap. But if you're there and you could literally step in the ring during practice with anybody that is currently on the roster, think of how much better you're going to be because you're only as good as your Mm -hmm. opponent. And you could have this athletic ability. You can have all this great stuff. But if the person you're working with is crap or uh, or then if your guys are doing something wrong, you have a coach who's going to say, stop, do this, do that. So I don't know. I'm not in that system, never even been to the PC. So, but I'm just trying to go from one, what people have told me, or two just experience. You're only going to get better when you have other people that are working like that. Think of think of the original women that came out of there with Charlotte, Becky, Sasha, and um uh who's the other
2: one? Bailey. Bailey.
3: Think how good they are.
2: Absolutely. Um, You might not have been to the PC, but I know we both been to the buffet Um, when it comes to the depth of that AEW women's division, as you were talking about. Depth is good, but I uh, I believe in AEW right now that they have quantity over quality. Like w- w- there have been a couple of standout women there, but I think all of the women in NXT are standout. Obviously, when you think of AEW, I'm thinking of uh, you know of Britt Baker. Um, she's to, to me she's standout over there. Um, and if the women in they definitely have the depth over there to get to that same level as that NXT women. I just don't know if they have the opportunity to get the same amount of reps and training under their belt. Black Diamonds,
0: stories of Negro League baseball. We are off to see the wizard. The legendary Ozzy Smith. A new Sirius XM podcast hosted by Negro League's Baseball Museum president, Bob Kendrick. He played with passion, with great skill, but also with a little swag. Being compared to an old Negro League player is the honor on top of an honor. They carve a path for guys like... Me to play this great game. This is what's great to visit with you. You learn all about the black greats that we didn't hear much about. Black Diamonds, available now on the SiriusXM app. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal, it probably won't go well.
1: Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active.
2: Tommy, keeping with the women last night from NXT, I want to talk about the mixed tag match that we saw between Jake Atlas and Mercedes Martinez. Uh, versus Xia Lee and Boa I am a huge fan of intergender tag wrestling always have been especially being a part of it in the Attitude Era I know you've been a part of a lot of intergender tag team matches uh, I have gone on record before to say one of these programs, one of these companies needs to beat the other company in the race of getting intergender tag team championships. I know that WWE did like a Facebook intergender tag team tournament, and that was all fine and good, but I'd love to see... man and a woman teaming against a man and a woman for a set of championships I think it's different it hasn't been done before and intergender wrestling to me has always worked and when done the right way can always work what do you think about intergender wrestling um, and how do you feel about uh, a set of championships to represent that division
3: I've always supported it Uh, I used to as you know we used to sometimes back book our matches because we knew Anytime Beulah and Francine would get in the ring, it would get the loudest uh, ovations. And yes, it was different and they were rolling around and Joey Styles was screaming catfight, but women always had a prominent role in extreme championship wrestling. And, you know, then it went to matches and these weren't women who were trained to be professional wrestlers. Uh, After you left, then the emergence of this woman named Jazz uh, saw her off the charts and she's had an amazing career and used to do great matches with her as tagging, as well as uh, she used to wrestle guys all the time. When you said it, you said it best. It's done right. I've seen things that when they're done wrong, they're done wrong. Actually last night I watched Chono versus China because I watched the documentary and I didn't even remember that match existed. And I'm sitting there. And listening to Chono earlier in the day talk about, because I watched part of that documentary, and I was like, that match actually happened? And I was just like, whoa, yes, it did. And you're also talking to someone who was very much with Tessa Blanchard, and she you know, was the first female to win a world title in, in wrestling. And a lot of her stuff was done right, but it's because you're so different. And she was, or is... Wasn't like China where she was that physically imposing, but she was so good in the ring. It's big fan of it. Uh, I actually like that idea of having uh, a top man and a top woman's uh, intergender title. And I've always never been a fan of you know girls have to be with the girls and guys have to be with the guys. Never hate it,
2: that. hate it, hate it, hate it. And the reason I hate it is because if you go back and you watch Attitude Era stuff. Uh, I was teaming with Trish Stratus. Um, I have uh, taken physicality from Jazz. I've had hardcore matches with Jazz where she's cracked a guitar over my head, where she's taken certain moves from me. Back in the day, no man was punching a woman directly in the face. And I don't I still to this day don't think that can happen. But a man can wrestle a woman and inflict wrestling, you know, wrestling quote unquote um violence on them via a backdrop, a side slam, a body slam, a side headlock takeover, a clothesline. You can do anything in our art form as long as it's done the right way. If you go back on YouTube and you watch that, some of the stuff that I did with Jazz, Jazz gets monster reactions for the physicality because I'm taking the physicality when the physicality actually means something. I've always been a big supporter of intergender tag wrestling because I know it works. and I And sometimes I get quite disgusted because of this watered-down, vanilla society we live in where people like oh no no a man can't put his hands on a woman yes people in the real world a man should never put his hands on a woman but in the world of sports entertainment sports entertainment where we know what we're seeing is not like a man punching a woman in the face in the real world i have no problem with it um Want to get back to that tag match, Tommy. Uh Atlas and Martinez versus Zia Lee and Boa. Early on in the match, Zia Lee hits a thrust kick right into Mercedes Martinez's throat. And I could see it. I was like, man, she's she's gasping right now. She got caught pretty hard. I mean, it was it was a stiff shot. It might have, you know, it might have slipped a little bit and, and found a little bit more meat in Mercedes' throat than it should have. But later on uh, in the match, Zaya Lee hits this roundhouse back kick and catches Mercedes Martinez right in the side of the jaw, right on the button. And Mercedes goes down in a very dangerous way, only, almost spiked herself head first. You can see her entire body goes rigid. Me and you have seen it so many times where we call it immediately. Bang. She's out. He's out. That's a concussion. Uh, you know, so- something went wrong. Uh, did you see the kick early? And what did you think of the kick later on? And is there any quote-unquote blame here? Does Zia Lee have to work on her game a little bit more?
3: <clears throat> if, what do you if think? If you're hurting people, You have to work on your game I don't know if the final kick was A knockout blow I do know that that one kick And I have wrestled some And you have too Some of the greatest strikers Tajiri And this also goes to the leg slappers Of the world I always say this You watch Tajiri throw his kicks Tajiri Was a master With his feet And could kill you And you're seeing this thing come at you. He did my, you know, the upside down tree of woe, and my face was intact. You have no clue how scary it is when you're looking at a man running at you as hard as he can, and he's going to kick your face while you're upside down, and you can't put your hands up. There are moves where you can put your hands up to just in case. There was times I had to do that with a guy named Rob Van Dam, but that was after. Like And Rob would tell me, hey, bro, just put your hands up on that. And I know you took it. That step over kick that he used to come with, that was coming at 100 miles an hour. If you put your hand up, it would lessen the blow. And it's not a block. It's almost like you're catching the foot to almost push it away from your face. I've been kicked so hard by Rob Van Dam. I had an OTC on my forehead. For a week, which stood for atomics, because that's how hard he kicked me. And the bottom of his shoe was on my forehead for about six days. But Rob would also tell you, hey, I bring these kicks. You can block them if you want. Um, but then he expected it that the same. If that's the way that is, but not when you're, ex- someone, you're expecting someone to give you a super kick or give you uh, a thrust kick and it's across your windpipe. Everyone wants to make fun of John Laurinaitis's voice. That's because he got his voice box crushed from a, from a, a kick in All Japan Pro Wrestling. Or even I've wrestled people where I don't mind being chopped. And I've, I've had people chop me in my bicep. And I'm like, how do you miss my bitch tits? How do you do that? Or people chop me in my stomach. Or now I see it where people are chopping and they're going across your chest and also hitting you with your their forearm. And I'm like, that's not a chop. So if it's going old school WWE, you know this. If you continue to hurt people, you're not going to get that push, or you need to work on it. It's called educated feet, and educated feet for a reason.
2: Look at what happened to Taz, his first night in the garden with Angle. They thought Taz hurt Kurt, and thus his entire push or whatever he was supposed to get i mean came to an instant halt uh tommy you talked about putting the hands up and protecting yourself last night mercedes martinez had her hands by her side i know that if that's me i will take the back of my hand and put it flush to my face knowing that if contact is made, you're going to make it with my hand first and you're not going to catch me on the button. How much responsibility or how much fault it is is it of Mercedes Martinez not putting her hand up to, to, to soften the blow a little bit?
3: It's a trust factor. That's why I'm saying I don't know if it was a knockout blow. Also, how I look at her, you know, you could, if you want to freeze frame it, You could look where the kick actually caught her. Don't know if it was a knockout blow. Don't know if it was a, a very, very good sell. If she did get knocked out, you know how we'll tell. She won't be on TV next week.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, we are live. Serious XM Fight Nation is your home for the hardest-hitting combat sports talk you'll find in the world. Whether it's pro wrestling, MMA, or boxing, join the conversation with us at eight seven seven FIGHT ninety three anytime from nine
0: a.m. to six p.m. Eastern as we react to the hottest storylines, most intriguing matchups, and more. Oh your home for the best all-day combat sports talk anywhere.
2: Serious XM Fight Nation, channel one fifty six. W- Let's get right into it. The main event last night from NXT. Your new NXT North American champion, Swerve Scott, defeats Bronson Reed in what I thought was a really good match. Uh, I love the little spot on the floor with Top Dollar running full speed, diving and crashing and burning right through the plexiglass. Uh, uh, we got the finish. Everything worked for me last night, Tommy. Uh, new champion and Swerve Scott. What did you think of the match? What was your opinion? Um, break it down for us.
3: Love the match. Uh, big kudos to our fat brains because I loved that uh, false finish. With um, I thought the match was going to go the other. Once I saw that Bronson was going to be in the main event, I kind of feared the speculation of all he kept on going up to Raw and SmackDown that he was going to lose the title. When that thing happened where he ducked, the guy went through the hockey glass, and then he grabbed the other guy and threw him out, I actually thought he was going to win the match. Um, Kudos to Swerve because we have a whole new era for him and his group. I said it once I saw that group debut. They're going to be something, and right away they already are something. I think it's time to say goodbye to Bronson Reed. In the NXT brand And he will be called up somewhere I disagree with Izzy That he will be replacing Braun Or Keith Lee But I do feel he will be called up Somewhere and we will be The last we see of him On the NXT brand
2: I'm a big fan of Hit Row I think they look awesome I love how the four unique individuals Come together to, to form that unit uh, They almost look like a cool They look like a band when they finally come together. It's like I could see the four of them just, you know, pulling up to NXT in their own vehicles and then just coming together and walking to the ring together. Uh, Top dollar, um, the big man, uh, brings a lot to that group. I just love the look. I, I will tell you this, Tommy, brutal honesty. We had Swerve Scott on, like, I'd say a little less than two months ago. And on the air... He came across so laid back that I was worried. I was like, oh man, I wish this guy had a little bit more to him. But boy, are we seeing it on TV and we really saw it last night. I think he he does a really good job of hitting the gas and then immediately laying off of it. And you saw it backstage when him and Bronson Reed were face to face. Like he went from a... He went from smiling in Bronson's face to then going stoic. Smiling in Bronson's face again and then stoic. And um, that, maybe it was his personality, it just came out so much more on TV than it did on here on the show. Match was good. We've heard scuttlebutt that Bronson Reed had a match on main event. We've heard scuttlebutt about Karrion Cross having a match on main event. I know that I have enjoyed the both of them on NXT i mean especially carrying cross i mean his entrance has been phenomenal uh him and scarlet i mean that they, they have superstar potential written all over them are you concerned about either one of those talents if they head up to the main roster and are they pulling them up just for the sake of pulling them up or do you think they actually have plans for them
3: uh i think carrying cross will be a big star on the main roster Uh, Especially with that entrance and his look, and with Scarlett, I think Bronson will uh, be better on SmackDown if as opposed to Raw. Why? Just that's my personal opinion. I don't. uh, He reminds me of a rhino. He reminds me of. He's not the tallest guy, but he's very, very super thick as opposed to a Keith Lee, who's pretty tall, and Braun was very, very tall. Uh, That's why I totally disagree he's going to fall into that category. I just think uh, it would be better for him to be on the SmackDown brand because I would not want him to be judged unfairly unless he's going to be a killer-ass heel for whatever babyface is your champion, but our champion is Bobby Lashley on the one side. Um I think he could be a, a very, very good baby face on SmackDown, which he is already from NXT.
2: If we, I don't want to compare him to Keith Lee. First of all, I think they're both extremely talented, and I think we've seen the best of them in NXT. <clears throat> Keith Lee got to the main roster. Something went wrong. I kind of saw it real early on, I saw his wheels turning I think a lot of people were in his head as you know sometimes that main roster isn't all that it's cracked up to be because you're trying to you're trying to um, you, you know make everybody happy and sometimes when you're making everybody happy you're not making yourself happy Bronson Reed same type of body same work rate both came from NXt why do you think Bronson Reed would have a better chance of making it, so to speak, than Keith Lee has so far. Is there something more you see in Bronson?
3: No. Um, I just, listen, man, We Keith Lee was called up, I don't want to say too soon, and yes, I think there is something happened um, that has been very, very hush-hushed. I think it's more of a medical thing than anything, and I'm just speculating, but with Reed, He would just be a better baby face on the SmackDown side. I look at um, Otis, that type of Otis got over with his charisma and all that stuff. And also we, if you're looking at um, just the eyes on the, on who are overseeing it, I just think it would be hoove him to go to the SmackDown brand.
2: I mean, I agree with you and and I want to, unless he's
3: going to be a heel, and if, but if he's going to be heel and he's going to go to SmackDown, you're not going to get higher than Roman Reigns. If you're going to be a heel and you're going to be on Raw, you're not going to get higher than Bobby Lashley. So then it's like, okay, so you're going to be a good intercontinental champion or you're going to be a good United States champion as a heel. Then you're going to have to, when you're looking at it, all right, well, then I have you know, him and who to go where. Um, that's kind of how I don't know I, that's I'm just going to like how I if I would say he would do best as a babyface on SmackDown and be credible as can be
2: let me talk about that North American championship the actual physical championship for a moment and what it represents I'm not a huge fan of it because I don't really know what it means uh, back in the day when we were growing up we understood what an intercontinental championship meant and how it was different from a world heavyweight championship. Are you a fan of a championship like a North American championship or any of these other championships that don't seem to mean as much as they did back in the day?
3: I think they made their North American title, just a secondary title because they needed one. I would have preferred a television championship over a North American title. And, but I mean, it does have history within the WWE. So that's kind of where the space they went with it.
2: The North American championship has a history in WWE.
3: Yes, the North American Championship became the Intercontinental
2: Championship. I did not know that. See, that's why well, you're it was like a tournament a guru in like Rio de
3: Janeiro. But the North American Championship was kind of on WWE television a long time ago.
2: Ah, all right. That's why they brought it back. Cool. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on
1: Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open podcast. Busted Open is part of the Sirius XM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Ed Robinson. The associate producer is Gabby Laspisa. Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for Sirius XM. Special thanks to Sirius XM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen and Sirius XM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas.
0: So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking.